Star Wars 7x7 episode 1347 today. The shock opening of the last Jedi novelization and the idea of what could have been. Punch it, Chewie. Hey there, this is Tim McMahon, Alan's co-host from the Expanded Comicverse podcast. But hey, you're listening to Star Wars 7x7, a daily Star Wars podcast, seven minutes a day, seven days a week. How awesome is that? Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7. So this day, and for many days forthcoming, we're going to be talking about The Last Jedi novelization by Jason Fry, which is based on not just the movie itself, but also includes the deleted scenes from the movie too. All that stuff is going to get worked into the novelization. And in fact, the novel itself doesn't actually start right at the beginning of The Last Jedi. In fact, there's a prologue and two chapters before we get to the events of The Last Jedi. Well, okay, I guess that technically isn't correct because it starts off with the opening crawl in the book, and obviously that starts out the movie, so yeah, but as far as scenes go, as far as things we actually see on screen, no, you gotta get through a prologue and two chapters in the book before chapter three picks up with the actual events of the movie. And today, we're going to talk about the prologue because it has a rather shocking reveal, or at least it seems to be the case. And so, this is spoiler territory, by the way, so if you have not read the novelization and don't want it spoiled for you, then by all means, save this for a later date. But if you're cool with me talking about it, then, you know, just stick with me and we'll talk about it. So, the novel opens up and it's talking about Luke being on Tatooine, and he's there with his wife. And you're like, what? Wait a second, a wife? So, immediately you're already thinking if you're an Expanded Universe fan, are we talking more a Jade here? Like, what is happening? And rather quickly within the section, you hear the name Cammy, And now you're like, okay, wait a second. This is weird. Did Luke go back to Tatooine and connect with his old friends again, including Cammy and Fixer and all the folks he used to hang out with at Tashi Station? And that's how he ended up married to Cammy. And ultimately, you find out that this isn't reality at all. Something very different is going on because it turns out that this is an alternate history. He's talking about thinking back to his life and about the fact that Biggs went and died somewhere very far away. But where? Don't know. That's your first clue that something's not right here. And then there's some reminiscences about the droids showing up at the Lars farm. And you're like, wait a second, what is this about? And suddenly, the story of Star Wars plays out in a way that you've never heard it before. And so, all those conversations that you've had with your friends about how there were so many different things that could have gone wrong for the original Star Wars movie, right? Any one little domino that doesn't fall and the whole thing doesn't work, right? From the escape pod not getting shot down to the droids getting picked up by the Jawas instead of dying out in the middle of the desert to them getting delivered to Luke to Luke being away when the stormtroopers showed up. Like all of these pieces of the puzzle that had to happen just right. And in this case, you're hearing a story of what it would have been like if it didn't happen that way. If when R2 tried to escape, Luke went out in the middle of the night to go bring him back anyway, even though it was the most dangerous thing he could have done because of the Tusken Raiders kicking around or heaven knows what else might have been lurking out in the adrenaline wastes. And the next day, the Stormtroopers show up and they turn over R2 and 3PO. And Owen actually has to go in for questioning along with the droids. And who should show up 
at the farm, but Obi-Wan Kenobi himself. And he tries to do Jedi mind tricks on the stormtroopers, and to a degree maybe it works. They leave Luke alone. He's actually identified as Luke Lars, not as Luke Skywalker, so at least they're able to hide his identity that way. But they're not able to keep the droids from falling into Imperial hands, and as a result, Alderaan gets destroyed, and so does Mon Cala, and so does Chandrila, Mon Mothma's homeworld as well. We find this out in this prologue to The Last Jedi novelization. And there's even an implication that they kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. There's a reference to seeing gunships flying through the night and an explosion far off, and you're supposed to think that the Imperials basically identified where Obi-Wan Kenobi was hiding. A little chilly out here. <laughs> it's like Echo Base, as it were. Uh, anyway, they found Obi-Wan Kenobi's hideout, basically, is what you're given to believe. And so Luke continues on in his life. He ends up marrying Cammie, and he kind of develops a reputation for being good with machinery and for having some interesting luck, as it were. That's what it's referred to, right? No mention of the Force is made, but he kind of takes on a nickname, Lucky Luke, because he's able to farm better than anybody has been able to, and... He just seems to have a better feel for the wildlife and where to get the water and all that fun stuff. And so this prologue happens with him just kind of looking out almost in a binary sun's moment, except it's an entirely different kind of moment where he and Cammy are looking out and thinking about life and they're old, they're old. And yet he has this sensation that he was meant to do something, that there was something that he needed to do that he didn't do. And it's actually a source of difficulty in Luke and Cammie's relationship. Cammie actually feels like there are times when Luke thinks that he shouldn't be with her, and she takes that very hard, as, you know, anyone would. But as far as the galaxy at large goes, well, there's peace, at least, as far as peace with the Empire's rule can go. They've paid their Imperial taxes, they've paid a water tax to Jabba the Hutt. They're doing well enough for themselves where they're not having any problems with the Empire or the Underworld or anything like that. But you know, it's an entirely different situation. And it turns out that this is just a dream that Luke is having on Octo. He wakes up from that dream and feels like it was a lot more significant than just your average garden variety of dream. He can't shake it. And what he realizes is that the Force is actually trying to work its way past his defenses. This is the Force's way of getting into his dreams, into his psyche, into trying to crack him open again. Which does beg the question, does the Force really do that? And if it's doing it with Luke, does it do it with everyone? Or does it know that Luke is significant enough that it has to happen with him? I find that to be a really interesting question and maybe it isn't just the force even though that's how it's referred to in the novelization maybe it's um, force ghost acting in that regard or using the force in that manner of influence perhaps but it's a heck of a showstopper for starting the novelization and it puts Luke in a different mindset for us. I mean, we see him standing there on the cliff and we don't know a thing about him, what's going on in his head or anything like that. But with this kind of positioning and to consider the possibility that this is what Ryan Johnson had in mind for Luke, what was going on in his head when he 
was standing out in the meadow because that's where he heads out to. He heads out to the meadow and that's the place where Rey finds him at the end of The Force Awakens. So we get a glimpse as to where Luke's head is at right in the moments before Rey arrives. All right, I'm gonna take a quick break and then we're gonna talk about the audio performance because that's how I'm absorbing the last Jedi novelization. So stick around for that as well as some information about a new giveaway coming up. Hey Rebel Rouser. No sponsor on this episode today, so I just have a favor to ask instead. If you haven't done so already, please consider leaving a review for Star Wars 7x7 on your favorite podcast app. Not just a star rating, although I will say we are personally very proud of our near-unanimous five-star rating on iTunes. No, I just mean a thoughtful sentence or two about what you like about the podcast, or how happy you are that it's part of your daily routine. And more reviews means better visibility, which means more people get to share in a daily dose of Star Wars joy, and you want that, don't you? Of course you do. So please leave a review on your favorite podcast app today. I thank you, and the Star Wars 7x7 podcast thanks you. Welcome back. So, the audio performance by Mark Thompson, you know, I'm casting my mind back to the interview with Nick Martarelli and how what Mark is actually doing is he's imagining the performance of Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker. He's not doing an impression thereof. He's actually performing as Mark Hamill performing as Luke Skywalker, which is kind of an amazing thing to wrap your head around. And I'm looking forward to the possibility of talking to Mark sometime down the road about his narration performances. But I have to say, hearing an older Luke, hearing a grizzled Luke in the prologue is rather startling in a way. And he comes across as older than he does in the actual movie. And maybe that's part of the dream itself. So I'm looking forward to hearing how he's characterized for the performances that we actually see on screen. It's not supposed to be a match. It's not an audio double situation or anything like that. But so far, Luke is very compelling. And Cammy was too, for that matter. And it was really shocking to hear the story being told by Mark and, you know, to suddenly by degrees discover, suddenly by degrees, it's a bit of an oxymoron, but um, to suddenly have the moment of, wait a minute, this isn't right. And then, oh, wait a second. And to have that dawning realization that this is a very different situation and, you know, something is not exactly right from the story that we knew. So yeah, I thought well done by Mark and by Penguin Random House Audio. Now, the thing that I have to tell you about giveaway wise is that the fine folks at Voodoo reached out to me and said that they have 10 free copies of The Last Jedi in the 4K UHD format, which has the ultimate quality, I'm told. I am not an audiophile or videophile, so some of that is lost on me, to be perfectly honest with you. But from what they tell me, the specs on the thing are the absolute best that you can get. And I will have more information on how I'm going to be giving those 10 copies away shortly. So stay tuned to the podcast or any of our social media channels. But in the meantime, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. So thank you so much for listening as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Thanks for listening to another episode of Star Wars 7x7. And hey, before you go out into an asteroid cave, check out SW7x7.com for show notes, links, photos, videos, and more. And if you want to join the inner circle of fans, become a patron of the show at patreon.com slash SW7x7. It doesn't feel like rock, it's destiny unleashed.
This podcast is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2018 Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.